Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Caitlin Christmas and Omar Hernandez about their wedding at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception in the UK at Epcot after hours. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how they chose these locations and how they planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Caitlin and Omar. Hi. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. (laughs) So I've always been a huge Disney princess fan from when I was very little all the way through my life. When I was little, my parents would take me to Disney and we would ride the monorail and we always would pass like the wedding pavilion out there. And I thought, oh, I really want to get married. there, like a princess. And I would see girls out there in their beautiful wedding dresses getting married. And I was like, I just want to be that someday. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And then how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Oh, they were ecstatic. They were so excited to come to Disney for a Disney wedding. They, They had never done anything like that. Especially since we made our events over the span of a couple of days, as opposed to just one wedding day. So most of our friends and family made it into a vacation trip, as well as coming down for the wedding, which is what we wanted. Oh, that's great. So how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We invited 120 guests and we had 90 RSVP yes that they would come. And then on the day of about 70, 75 showed up. Okay, got it. Did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes, we did. We set it up at a bunch of different resorts, some that were closer to like the the Skyliner, just to make it easy for them for some of our events that we had. I guess for the wedding, we we only used the bus system that went to all the resorts, so that made it easier for them to get around. Which resorts did you choose? We chose the Caribbean Beach Resort. Coronado Springs, and Pop Century. Oh, great. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? Oh, man. So we actually asked for a few different dates before we got the okay on the date that we ended up with. So we tried, I think, three different dates before we got April 29th. We knew we wanted it on a Friday because it's a little bit cheaper than a Saturday. And we knew we wanted it in April because in Florida, April's tends to be the best month for rain and weather. There's less rain days usually, and the weather is more mild before getting into the summer hot months. And then we chose, very oddly, our ceremony started at uh, 9.15 p.m., which is very uncommon But we did that because we wanted our reception to be outdoors in the UK and we had to wait till the park closed in order to do that. So that's why our ceremony 
was so late at night. But it worked out very well for us because we got most of our photos taken at the Disney Wedding Pavilion, considering there was no wedding before us there. So that was really nice. Oh, that's great. Now, how did you choose the Wedding Pavilion and then the UK specifically for an after hours event for your venues? Well, we are huge fans of the Flower and Garden Festival. It's our favorite festival to go to together. So we wanted our reception to be during that time period at Disney, but we loved the UK. It's so charming and really romantic and beautiful at night. So we were like, oh, this would be such a great spot to have our our friends and family and to celebrate our wedding. And it really was very magical. It was really beautiful there. The wedding pavilion, like I said, I had seen that when I was really little. So that's why we chose the wedding pavilion. We thought that that would be a really beautiful location. It's indoors too, in case anything were to happen. So we knew at least one of our events, the ceremony would be inside in case of rain. But it's so pretty in there without really needing a whole lot of extra, you know, flowers or decor. It's it's just a really beautiful location. And of course, you can see the castle from there, too. So that was really special to us. That's awesome. It's interesting to me because usually when people choose Epcot for their receptions, they choose one of the fireworks viewing locations and they start their event while the park is still open and then it continues after. You were specifically set on the UK and that's why you had to wait till after the park closed because that's not one of the places that can be kept open while day guests are there. Is that how it happened? Yes, that's correct. Got it. And it's interesting too, did they hassle you about having a 9.15 p.m. ceremony time? Because in the past they've been pretty firm on seven o'clock as the last ceremony and then there's this big gap before you can start an after hours reception. They were pretty open to allowing us to do that. I will say though, the UK, that took a little bit of going back and forth because they said they don't normally allow so many people to be in the UK. I think we were told 70 originally and we wanted 120 and I told our wedding planner that that's really where we want. And like I'm, you know, dead set on that spot and I'm really in love with that area. And that's, that's really what we wanted for ourselves. And so she worked up, I guess, a little bit of her magic and they, they were able to allow 120 people in there. But she did tell us that that's very uncommon that they've never done that before. That's interesting. And then when you ended up having only about 70, how did it feel? Did it feel like it was packed to the gills? Or do you think you could have gotten that many people in there? I think that we could have gotten 120 people in there. Just remembering that night, I do remember thinking it wasn't packed to the gills per se, but it, it seemed like a decent amount of people. But yeah, we definitely could have had more people there. We could have had the 120 for sure, but yeah. I think 120 probably would have been at the absolute max out there because it's so it's a little bit smaller the way that it's set up because it's in like a big circle essentially in that courtyard area. And then of course you have to fit food and everything in there too. So I think it would have been okay with the 120, but that's probably really about it out yeah. there. Yeah, any more would, would have been way too crowded. Interesting. So then how did you set up the reception venue with where they put your sweetheart table, where dancing was, that kind of stuff? So our sweetheart table was in front of the gazebo. We're not able to sit inside the gazebo. We did ask, (laughs) but you're not allowed to sit in the gazebo. So uh, right down the steps from it, in front of it was where our sweetheart table was, which is nice because we were right in the center and we had 
tables on the left-hand side going down the cobblestone area around the corner. And then on the other side, the same thing. We had tables going down the cobblestone around the corner. So the tables were set up like around the corner areas. And then the food stations were set up just behind those on both sides. I see. And then where did you do your dancing? Our dancing was directly opposite of where our sweetheart table was. So in the gazebo courtyard, our sweetheart table was in front of the gazebo. In the very center, in between the two grassy parts, was where our cake was. And then on the other side was where our DJ was. We had a Mini Cooper DJ. So our Mini Cooper DJ was over there, and that's where our dance floor was, was the cobblestone. They're not able to do a traditional dance floor, I will say. (laughs) They're not able to do that out there. So the cobblestone was our dance floor. So we had to make sure to have like nice shoes for the cobblestone out there. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. And how did you find out about the Mini Cooper DJ? I contacted the company Mix on Wheels. And the owner of Mix on Wheels let me know that they had a bilingual DJ because that's what I asked for. Omar and his family speak Spanish. So I wanted a bilingual DJ that would appease both sides. And so the owner got back to me and said, yes, I have a bilingual DJ that can do the Mini Cooper DJ for you guys. So I quickly jumped on that because that's what that's what we really wanted. We thought that would be so fun to have a Mini Cooper DJ out there in the UK, you know? That's such a great idea. Now, for the parts where you were able to use outside vendors, did you use any outside vendors for your day? Yeah, we did. We did for very, very little things because we weren't allowed to do too much outside of Disney. So like, for example, our table names, we went with a a company on Etsy that we uh, ordered our names from. So it was little Mickeys and Minis with people's names on the inside of those. So we did that. Oh, photography. Yes. So we did Roots for our photography, which they are incredible. I mean, they're so good. It's unreal. So we used the Roots for our our photography and our videography. We used Heart Happy Films. Again, they are amazing. Like both, both groups are phenomenal. I cannot say enough words to tell you how great Roots and Heart Happy were for us. They were so easy to work with. They changed their times for us last minute because we were able to spend more time in, in Epcot after a dessert party. And it was really nice to work with them, really easygoing people. And the quality of their work is unreal. Yeah, it was a it was a real pleasure getting to work with them. And I've been enjoying a lot of the stuff that they've been sending us, like little sneak peeks into what they've been working on. And I'm excited to get the final stuff. Yeah. That's fantastic. How did you choose your officiant? Oh, Crystal. <laughs> She's another one that that we, oh my gosh, we highly recommend her. We had so many compliments. I mean, I've never heard so many compliments on a ceremony before. Usually that's the thing that everyone's like, oh, okay, we'll sit through the ceremony and then we'll get to the party afterwards. But Crystal does this really awesome thing where she does fairy tale ceremonies which is what we wanted. We wanted it to be different. We wanted it to be unique and we wanted it to be very Disney. So she actually wrote a fairy tale based off of a questionnaire that she had us fill out. And she had one of my bridesmaids and one of his groomsmen fill out. And she 
<laughs> did our ceremony in this fairy tale way. And on top of it, she wore this super cute green dress that she looked like Tinkerbell up there. <laughs> she was so wonderful. And she's another one that we we highly recommend. And I'm pretty sure she goes by Ceremonies by Crystal. That's her name, Ceremonies by Crystal. She's so great. I, we had so many people coming up to us telling us that that's the best ceremony that they've ever been to. And they loved it. Yeah, she was she was wonderful. All my family raved about how great the ceremony was. She she made it really fun, and being the ones that got married, it was nice feeling like we were part of the audience, not just like having the spotlight on us, but like we were all surprised to hear what she had said because, as Caitlin said, we none of us knew what she wrote. We just knew that we sent her answers to answer the the questionnaire that she sent us. But yeah, Crystal Crystal was great. We can't say enough good things about her. She actually gave us a manuscript of the story, too, afterwards. And she had it in, like, I don't think it was actual parchment, but it, it was, like, paper to look like parchment, and it's written in cursive, and it's all, it's all nice. It's a nice little memento. We didn't pay for that. We didn't ask for that. It's just something that came from her. Yeah, and she also is bilingual, too, so that was another thing that we valued. We wanted somebody who was bilingual, and she was, so that was really nice for us as well. That's fantastic. Did you guys add any kind of entertainment to the ceremony or the reception? Yes, we did. Our reception, we had Mickey and Minnie show up there. And we were some of the first couples to have Mickey and Minnie be able to dance with us again because they had just lifted the social distancing. I think maybe two weeks before the wedding, they had just lifted it. So we were among the first couples that were able to have Mickey and Minnie right there dancing with us, hugging us and doing their pictures right alongside us and doing the cake cutting with us. And that was really special. That's awesome. Did you have a musician at the ceremony or just use the organist from the wedding pavilion? Our ceremony, we actually used the music from Happily Ever After, the show on the castle before they changed it. So the music that our bridesmaids and groomsmen walked down the aisle to, the music that I walked down the aisle to, was actually all from Happily Ever After that we edited just a little bit to walk to. And it was really great. I, again, everyone really loved that. Nobody expected us to do the songs or the music from the show on the castle. So we used that instead of using the organist. And I highly recommend uh, that to brides as well, because the music from that show is, is wonderful. And when it gets to the slower part and it says love is an open door, the doors opened for me and my dad and I walked out right to that, that music. So really fun. That's a great idea. <laughs> it, it was really cool. <laughs> Do you have any menu items or cake flavors that you would recommend from your reception? For our cake, we, we actually had two different flavors. My favorite was the the French toast with, I think it was cream cheese frosting and strawberry jam. That was really good. The other one that we had was um, cinnamon cake with marshmallow and milk chocolate. That was also pretty tasty. That's great. Yeah, and then the many, I highly recommend the Fruit Loop Shake, the Fruit Loop Milkshake. Oh my God, so good. That was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. And they have this really nice tasting. It's really refreshing, especially for spring. The strawberry frise salad. 
also really tasty. And then we did, because of the 50th anniversary, we wanted to do something with a little bit of iridescent. So they had these little mini churros and this caramel sauce that was iridescent. So it had the glitter on the churros and the glitter in the caramel sauce. And you could see it glittering in the light. So it looked like the iridescent colors. And that was really fun too. That's awesome. Now, did you guys add a dessert party or a welcome party? Yes, we did. We actually added both. We did a welcome party and we did a dessert party. Our wedding was April 29th, so we decided to have a welcome party two days before to welcome our guests to Orlando. So on April 27th, we had our welcome party at the Animal Kingdom, and we did that at night. It started around 6 o'clock that night, and we all met up at the flagpole They walked us in with our friends and family. They even had wheelchairs for people in our group that needed wheelchairs, which was really important to us. We have quite a few in our family that needed wheelchairs, so they were helping push wheelchairs and everything. And they walked us through Animal Kingdom all the way to the safari ride. And while we walked, it felt like a parade because (laughs) people were cheering and taking pictures and video of us. I felt like I felt like a princess even then. And I was only in my like long white lace dress (laughs) and I wasn't even wearing my like wedding dress. And it was so sweet. So they walked us all the way to the safari. We got on the safari and did the safari ride together. My videographers and photographers were on there as well to capture those moments. Um, And then after the safari, they walked us over to Tamu Tamu Courtyard. And that's where we had our dinner that we used as our rehearsal dinner over there in the Tamu Tamu Courtyard. And that was really nice. The food there was so good. And the workers there were so excited to have us. They were telling me that they don't really have a whole lot of events over there. And they were really excited to have uh, another bride and groom over there. So it was just really sweet to hear the workers so excited to have us there. After we had our food and we had a little bit of our dessert, our photographers and videographers were able to take Omar and I aside and do some photos and video with the tree of life in the background and Everest in the background. And once we were done, they walked us and our friends and family back to the front, but they allowed us to stop in front of the tree of life to take some photos with our friends and family in front of the tree as well. So that was also really sweet of them. That's great. So then our dessert party was the day after our wedding. So again, our wedding was April 29th. So our dessert party was April 30th. It was the Saturday after. And we chose originally the uh, UK lock side. That was the plan, (laughs) but plans changed on us the day of because of rain. So we got a text, I would say probably four or five hours before the event was supposed to start. It was supposed to start at seven. So about four or five hours before that, we got a text saying that plans had to change and that we would be going to the Norway loft because we had about 50 people. So we were small enough to fit into the Norway loft up there. So when we arrived to Epcot, they walked us over to Norway loft. And again, it was like a parade. Um, People were cheering and taking pictures and photos and videos. It was just really sweet. Everyone was clapping for us. So that was really fun. And we got to walk all along the countries. And it was like the longest parade ever. It was so sweet. So they uh, walked us over to Norway Loft. 
And at that point it was drizzling a little bit, but not too bad. So we got up into Norway loft and we had our dessert party up there. And then some, some things did not go the way that Disney was supposed to do things. Some things happened that we were a little upset about there. And because of that, the coordinator that we had at that event allowed us to move over to the Germany promenade A and B for our fireworks show. That was not originally supposed to be what happened. I think we were supposed to be outside of Norway, but um, she changed it for us so that we would have a little bit of a better viewing because of things that had occurred that we were a little upset about. So we did end up at the Germany promenade A and B for viewing and for our photos and video. And then afterwards, our friends and family went went on their way back over to the Skyliners to go back home. But Omar and I were able to stay longer and take some pictures and video at some of the other countries there on our way out. Again, because of the things that did not go according to plan that we were a little upset about. So that they were kind of trying to make up for things by allowing us to do that. Interesting. Okay. Do you have any menu items from the dessert party or the welcome party that you would recommend? Oh, yeah. We had some pistachio gelato. That was very good. We had the Mickey-shaped brownies that were super cute because we wanted to have at least something Mickey-shaped. And at the welcome party, that so those things Omar was talking about, those were at the dessert party. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the things at the welcome party we really enjoyed. We had like a stir fry there which was so delicious. The stir fry was really good. And they also had little Mickey shaped zebra domes. So like the little zebra domes, because we wanted it to be very animal kingdom friendly. So they had Mickey shaped zebra domes for us there as well. And they also allowed us to have the jungle juice there, which I was really excited about because I really like the jungle juice over there at animal kingdom. That's great. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yes, I started hair and makeup around 12 o'clock that day um, with Laura Reynolds Artistry. Again, a phenomenal group, and they did such a great job with my hair and makeup. And they had to start me a little bit early because I did a Hollywood 3D wave. Again, I highly recommend to brides because the the 3D Hollywood wave stayed the entire night, and it, I, we went till 3 o'clock in the morning. So that was really nice. So as we started with hair and makeup at 12, Omar went over to the Grand Floridian to get ready with the groomsmen while I stayed at the Caribbean Beach Resort with my mom and my aunt and my bridesmaids and my flower femmes. I did not have flower girls. I had three women as my flower femmes, and they danced down the aisle with the ceremony. They were fantastic. Um, So I started at 12. Omar started around, I would say, 2 o'clock-ish getting ready. Again, we had some issues with Disney on Omar's end at the Grand Floridian, uh, they did not have our room ready, so Omar had to basically wait around the Grand Floridian for a long time until they finally got him a room to get ready in that was not our actual room. So they gave him like a temporary room before they gave him our actual room, which was after 3 o'clock at that point. It was the whole thing. Um, so Omar started at 2. I started at 12. I was done with hair and makeup around probably... I would say around five o'clock, I was, we were done with hair and makeup. Five o'clock is when the bridesmaids, my flower femmes, my mom, my aunt, all of us were getting into 
vehicles to head over to the wedding pavilion for the first look. So we wanted the first look to be around that 5.30 time. And we were able to do our first look at the wedding pavilion because, again, they did not have a ceremony there at 5 o'clock that day. So we got very lucky. And they said that that's rare that that happens. But um, we got extremely lucky to be able to do our first look at Picture Point at the Disney Wedding Pavilion. So we got there. I actually stood up at Picture Point and Omar walked my flowers to me. So instead of uh, the woman walking up to the man and tapping him on the shoulder, holding his hand, we kind of did the opposite. I stood up on the steps of, of Picture Point looking out over the water at the castle and Omar walked my bouquet to me. And that's where we saw each other for the first time at Picture Point. And actually, it was really great. My bridesmaids stood on the dock and were able to see the first look from the dock on the water um, right over there at the, the wedding pavilion. So that was around 5.30, 6 o'clock. We did our photos and video over at the wedding pavilion. We never went over to the grant to take pictures or video because we had the wedding pavilion to use ourselves because nobody else was there. Again, very rare. They did tell us that this is that that never happens. So we just happened to get very lucky to be able to take all of our pictures and all of our video at the wedding pavilion before the ceremony began. And again, the ceremony began at 9.15. I got Cinderella's coach. <laughs> so Cinderella's coach arrived for me around um, 8.30, 8.45-ish. And I walked over with my mother and sister to the Grand Floridian to get onto the coach. So I walked from the wedding pavilion over to the Grand to ride the coach back to the wedding pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it because it was really nice. Um, it was at nighttime and actually the timing was so perfect because we got in. Oh yeah, it was 845 because when we got in, they took us for a long ride around the parking lot. And by the time we were getting close to the wedding pavilion, it was nine o'clock and the fireworks from the castle were going off. Mm. So it was this wonderful, magical moment where I was pulling up to the wedding pavilion and all the fireworks were going off the castle. And it was a really, really cool feeling. So the ceremony started at 9.15. We were done there by 9.45. We did our send-off, and we were um, we did, like, streamers and LED balloons for our ceremony send-off. And we were done with that around, like, 9 o'clock-ish. And Omar and I got back onto Cinderella's coach and did another uh, lap around the parking lot in the coach and... We got to have a little bit of time together, just the two of us, right after the ceremony, which was really sweet. And while we were doing that, our friends and family were getting onto coach buses to head over to the UK. Some of our bridesmaids and groomsmen got into a van right before this so that they could set up some of the things at our tables, like the, the favors with the Mickeys and Minis with people's names in it. They set those on the tables for us. They set up a lawn beer pong game. They set up a bags game out there. So our some of our bridesmaids and groomsmen did that before everybody else got in the coach buses to go there. So then we were left at the pavilion after the coach ride, and I was getting into a different dress, but I had issues with the dress that I was going to wear to my reception. I needed a 
different dress to wear because we had a choreographed dance we were doing with our wedding party and a choreographed dance we were doing together. So I couldn't wear my big ball gown. So we had issues with my dress and we had to go back to our room at the Grand Floridian to get a different dress. And this is where issues happened again for us with Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't have our IDs. We didn't have our keys because our wedding party took that stuff to the reception and you know we didn't want to be carrying anything because we're the bride and groom so we had a hard time trying to get into the room uh disney said that they sent someone over to open the room for us so it would be quick uh nobody was sent over there omar was running back and forth between our building and the front desk to try and get somebody to open up the room for us and by the time we had done all of this 45 minutes have passed yeah it was brutal really it was so we ended up wasting nearly an hour just trying to get into our room disney didn't give us that time back so when we got to the reception we got to the reception close to midnight it was about 11 30 i think we got out there um maybe even 11 45 so we got out there really late to the reception and we didn't get that time back so Everything went very quickly for us at the reception because we had to be done by 2.30. So um, we had to get the group dance in. We had to do our dance. um, And we had to drop a few things that we really wanted to do. Like we wanted to do the dollar dance and we wanted to do a group call out dance with our friends and family. And we wanted to do a garter toss and a bouquet toss. And we had to cut out all of those things because we didn't have enough time. Um, so when we got there and we did those, the um, group dance and our dance together, they sat us down for food, but food was only supposed to be there until 1230. So food started at 12 and everyone had to eat very quickly before the food was going to go at 1230. They had Mickey and Minnie scheduled to be there at 115 from 115 to 145 AM. So in between the eating, we had to do like the father-daughter dance and he had to do the mother-son dance and we had the speeches. So Omar and I barely had any time to eat. And as soon as basically the speeches were done and everybody and we had done the dances, it was already time for Mickey and Minnie. So we were rushed over to Mickey and Minnie and that was from 115 to 145. And once Mickey and Minnie left, remember, we our reception is supposed to end at 2.30. Mm-hmm. So we actually only had about 45 minutes of dancing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it, things did not go the way we had planned for the reception, really because of the dress situation. So that was really unfortunate for us. That was really kind of disappointing for us, and we couldn't get that time back. So, so it, is, it is what it is at this point. <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? At the welcome party, we just wanted it to be really kind of laid back. We wanted people to be able to enjoy just being outside and doing the ride and having some food with us and just really welcoming them to Orlando. And honestly, the welcome party is the one event that we had that everything went the way it was supposed to. That was really nice. And we only did, we we did very minimal decor 
really the only thing we did for decor was we asked them to put different uh, animal print tablecloths on the tables. And that was about it. That's all we did for decor there. We wanted to keep it really simple. Yeah, we, I would say that we focused a lot on the food. There was a, between all three events or all three days, um, we, I, I remember we went back and forth with Disney about getting the food just right and trying not to go too crazy on the budget. Yeah, actually, I think I was looking at the emails. I'm pretty sure we had somewhere over 60 to 80 emails on food alone, wow. 60 to 80 emails back and forth. So then we focused a lot of our attention on the budget with the food because the food is the most expensive thing. Decor, we um, tried to keep a little bit more minimal. Like I said, for the welcome party, we did something really simple with that. And for the dessert party, um, we also kept it very uh, minimal with that as well. We didn't really um, do any sort of decor for the dessert party. Um, and it's probably a good thing we didn't because we got moved and everything. So it's really a good thing we probably didn't do that. Um and the ceremony, we kept that very minimal as well. Um, but we did do a navy blue aisle runner. And we did three different shades of pink petals along both sides of the aisle. And they were in the Mickey swirls. So they had little Mickeys in the swirls of the, the petals down the aisle. And we did pay a little bit more for that. But I do think that that was worth it because just the navy blue aisle runner and the diff three different shades of pink and the shapes of Mickey's down the aisle was enough decor to really make it seem really pretty. And the reception, we did uh, an iridescent tablecloth because, again, we were trying to pull in some of the 50th um, decor stuff. So we did the iridescent tablecloths and we did like a fuchsia pink uh, napkin and we had jewel toned floral like in the center with candles floating in the water around it so um that was really nice our sweetheart table had navy blue um floral tablecloth on there with teal napkins and our cake had the same our cake table had the same navy blue uh floral tablecloth with the cake in the center and our cake was beautiful it had the um castle on it again, painted like the 50th anniversary and it had flowers on it that matched our jewel tone floral. And it had little sweet touches of the different Disney fairy tales from the UK, because that's what we wanted. We wanted to tie in the UK to our cake a little bit. So we had little touches around our cake uh, of the Disney fairy tales from the UK and um, the castle on the top of it, the white chocolate castle on the top was lit up too. They actually had a light inside the castle, so the castle was lit up at night. That's a great idea. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> now, were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? Yeah, um, like I said, we didn't do too much with decor stuff, so we did save a good amount of money with that because once we saw, oh my gosh, <laughs> once we saw how much floral was, we were like, oh, oh no, <laughs> we cannot. <laughs> We cannot afford this much. So the floral was definitely a lot of money that we had to cut. Decor in general, we had to cut a lot. Like we just, it, we had to figure out where the money was better placed. And we decided that the food and the quality of the food is what mattered more than the decor. So 
we cut back on our decor stuff so that the money would go more towards the food items. So we saved a lot of money doing that. We wanted a little bit more of entertainment out, out there. We actually really wanted an artist out there because Omar really loves art. And his favorite festival to go to is the um, art festival out at Epcot. So we wanted to tie a little bit of that in there too, but we couldn't afford to do that as well on top of things. So we had to cut that one too. And you actually can't really do a photo booth out there at the UK because we did ask about that. But I guess because you're on the cobblestone there, there's not enough space or it's not, do you, I don't remember what they said. There's not enough space or it's not yeah. like, conducive to allowing for the photo booth to be out there right so they were saying because it's outdoors like you had to deal with stuff with like lighting mm-hmm. um they also had um like the the backdrop also mm-hmm. like if they didn't know what the weather would be like if, if it were windy it would completely mess up the backdrop so yeah they they told us the doing the photo booth and all that wouldn't be um, an option. An option for an outside wedding mm-hmm. or a reception. Interesting. Okay. So what ended up being each of your favorite memories of the wedding day? For me, although it kind of terrified me <laughs> leading up to it, it was probably like the choreographed dances. That was definitely a highlight, doing the dances with our, our groomsmen uh, and uh, bridesmaids. Uh, and doing the choreographed dance between just Caitlin and I, but I think I think my absolute favorite memory of that day is probably walking up to Caitlin and seeing her the first time at Picture Point. That to me actually seemed like something out of a fairy tale because it, like when I was walking up to her, I I could see her and the archway perfectly framed the castle, so it was just it was something. It was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah, that was really sweet. Some of my favorite memories from the day of was being able to do our, all of our photos and video over at Picture Point because it was so beautiful over there, and we had such great weather. Um, the wind was blowing my veil to the side and my dress and everything, so it was really pretty, the um, pictures there. And the castle being in the background and being able to take um, pictures of their friends and family there was really special. Uh, we were on the bridge taking photos, and this little girl, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was so cute. She walked up to me, and her dad was behind her. And she walked up to me to tell me that I was a princess. And I asked her, which princess am I? And she said, the one that's getting married. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And we were giggling, like the photographers and videographers were giggling. Like, it was just so sweet. She just wanted to tell me that I was a princess and she was excited to see me. <laughs> really, that was so that was so cute. Oh my god, that was adorable. And it reminded me of me when I was little and I and I was riding the monorail and I would see the girls on the bridge. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's like me. And I told her, I'm like, this could be you someday. This could be you. <laughs> That was really sweet. Um, and then our flower friends did an awesome dance to You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me from Aladdin down the aisle. They had their Mickey glasses on and their Mickey ears, and they had their fanny packs with their name on it with little Mickeys on there. And they were tossing the petals from their fanny pack doing the dance to You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me from Aladdin. And 
I heard the cheers. I heard the laughing. And it really set the tone for our ceremony because they went out just before I went out. So that was really fun too, to hear everyone cheering and laughing right before I walked out. And then at the reception, it was awesome to have Mickey and Minnie there. Like I felt so lucky to have Mickey and Minnie there and to be able to hug them and take our pictures with them. And they were really sweet to have there as well. So that was definitely a highlight for me at the reception. That's fantastic. Now you talked a bit about the snafu with the hotel room and the dress change that pushed back the reception start time. Did anything else go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, the we talked about the wedding the wedding dress fiasco that just set us back about forty five minutes to an hour on the reception during the reception. Um that day earlier, we were supposed to be able to get into our room sooner at the Grand Floridian. We had requested it months in advance because we knew that Omar would have to get in there and get ready. And they did not have the room available for Omar when he arrived. And they kept, and he arrived there at 9 a.m. like we had requested. And he was there for hours waiting to get into the room. And they didn't even get you into a room until what time? Uh, they didn't get me into the temporary room maybe until like one. One o'clock. So he yeah. was there for four hours waiting for a room at the Grand just to get in and get ready. And that was the day of our wedding. And he kept telling them, I'm getting married today. I need a room to get ready. And they were kind of dragging their feet on that. So he got a temporary room at one and didn't even get our actual room until what time? Until after three, maybe like four. Yeah. So that that was really upsetting to us that we had, he had to wait so long just to get our room on the day of our wedding. Um, so that was that was stressful. So at the Epcot dessert party, oh my goodness. <sighs> so we told our guests to meet us by the Skyliners, but of course some of our guests are un are they're unfamiliar with the location, so. A few of them went to the front gate instead of going over by the Skyliners. And when they went to the front gate and went to guest services there, they were telling them that they had no record of an event going on at that time for us. And they told them that they could not allow them to come inside of Epcot because they had nobody there to escort them. And... They turned our friends away and told them that they had to go to Hollywood Studios. They had to take a bus to Hollywood Studios and get on the Skyliner and ride the Skyliner over to Epcot just so that they could come to our event. And mind you, one of our guests was is very pregnant. Like she's she's very pregnant and so and we, we did not want her on the Skyliners because of that. So they sent this poor woman and the rest of our friends on a bus to Hollywood Studios, and then they had to get on the Skyliners to ride them over to Epcot, and we were very upset about that. I was really, really upset about that one because they should have never turned our friends and guests away like that, um, especially not one that is very pregnant like that. that I thought that was horrible. So um, when they finally got to Epcot... I was already complaining about the situation to our um, coordinator. To our coordinator, yeah. 
I was already telling our coordinator that I was really upset about this situation, that this should have never happened. And because they were sent away, that ate into our time. So they didn't they didn't get to us until half an hour, actually almost 40 minutes later, I think. Yeah. So we were supposed to start at 7. And because they were sent away and had to go all the way to Hollywood Studios and come all the way back to Epcot on the Skyliner, I mean, we're talking like 7.45 maybe is when they finally got there. So by the time we're getting over to... Norway. Oh, and during the walk to Norway, our they were walking us too quickly. So our friends and family, again, most a lot of them are in wheelchairs. They were walking us so quickly that many of our family and friends were left behind. So we had to send some of our own friends, like some of our bridesmaids, flower femmes, groomsmen. We had to send them back to go find people and help them to Norway because our media guides were going way too fast trying to get us over there. So we were trying to slow down, trying to get people over there. So by the time we got over there, what it was eight 30 and the fireworks started at nine. Hmm. So we had to ride the elevator up to the Norway loft, which again took time because again, a lot of, a lot of our family members ha- have wheelchairs. So you have to wait for the elevators to go up. So that took probably 10, 10 minutes just to get everybody up in the Norway loft. By that time, it was 8.40. So we only had 20 minutes to sit down and enjoy our dessert before we had to go back out again. Hmm. I was really upset about this, and I was telling my coordinator this that was there. And I could tell that she did feel for us. Like, she felt, she felt bad that that happened. And so she called some other people that work at Disney there and said, I really need you guys to find a place for this bride and groom and for this dessert party. She's like, we need to find a better place for them. They, they, they deserve it. We need to get them a better place. So she's the one that actually got us the Germany promenade A and B. We were not supposed to be there, but she called in a couple of favors and that's how she got us over there for um, the dessert party which was very nice. It was a really good location for the fireworks and the photos we got there and the video we got there is wonderful. And our friends and family really loved seeing the show from that point. So that was a really nice spot for us to be. And then she went a step further and said, if you guys want to take some pictures and video at some of the countries on your way out, she's like, we can do that. So she actually allowed us to take pictures and video at the countries on our way out of the park that night. So we stayed with our photographers and videographers one hour longer than we had expected because we were able to do that. But the only reason we were able to do that is because she was really trying to make things right with us because we were so upset about all of the issues that had happened with that. So that's kind of how they tried to make up for it. Interesting. Okay. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about, and then it turned out not to be a big deal? For me, that would just be everything going according to plan. Like, at one point, I just had to kind of let go of that control and just be like, I'm just happy I'm getting married. (laughs) I'm just happy that we're able to be married and we're able to be together. And once I kind of let go of that, things felt a lot better after that. Just kind of being able to kind of let go of that 
and being able to let go of all of the expectations, the high expectations and just being like, you know what, at least we're together. At least we had, uh, we had our moment together and we're able to be together and we're married now. And that's, what's important. Yeah. Prior to like all the events happening that week, I think my biggest concern was the lack of communication with, um, our planner. Um, we reached out to Disney a year before the wedding to, to get to like get our, our date. And then we didn't really start talking to them or like really do much communication with them until six months before, which I think is normal. But, um, I don't even think it was six months. I think it was five December. Is when oh they, yeah. It was, December it was is when they finally six. started talking yeah. to us. Yeah. But, um, I remember very early on, like we try to set up like clear communication with them and it, we would go weeks sometimes not hearing back. Over a month we yeah. went without hearing back. Yeah, it, it was. And whenever we did send communication out, like an extra email to follow up and see if everything was okay or they had any answers for us or anything like that, sometimes we would get generic uh, emails back telling us to how to like format our emails. Yeah. It was, it was very frustrating, to be honest. Uh and it was kind of alarming because I, I don't think we we got confirmation on our cake, like our flavors and all that, until like it was two weeks before our event. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things that certain people like um, decor, flower and decor, like they would get back to us quickly. But there were, there were just some others that, I don't know, it seemed like it was kind of a struggle for them to get back to us on in a timely manner. Our wedding planner was, it it was a little bit frustrating to try and speak to the wedding planner. Like Omar said, we were not getting emails back. We went over a month without hearing anything. And at that point we were only two months out from the wedding and we were like, what is going on? Our food still wasn't figured out. Our cake wasn't figured out. Our DJ wasn't figured out. So I actually had to reach out to the DJ myself just to get things done with that because I was sick of dragging my feet and waiting, so I had to do that on my own. Um, And on top of that, while we were doing the food stuff, all these emails back and forth about the food, they kept changing the pricing on us, which was very (laughs) odd. And we're like, you said in this email that the food would be this much, so why is it all of a sudden this much? And then they would say, oh, good eye, we'll honor it because we emailed you that price. So we're like, is there an actual price or are they just giving us the price of the day? Like what's happening with that, you know? So that was very odd to us too, that they were changing the pricing on us. But I think honestly, the biggest frustration of anything in our wedding was the lack of communication between us and our wedding planner. And actually on the day of our dessert party, Mm -hmm. when all of those issues were happening, Omar kept trying to contact our wedding planner And our wedding planner never got back to him. And the coordinator we spoke to that night, she said that our wedding planner would call us on Monday to speak to us about what had happened on Saturday. And we never heard from our wedding planner. So that I will say, I did not expect that being a Disney bride. I wanted to have my wedding at Disney because of the fairy tale, but I also wanted to have somebody plan it for us. And us not have to worry about anything and have things go really smoothly and it just be magical and relaxing. But that 
genuinely is not how things turned out for us. We were really stressed out about the lack of communication. And I think that that was really hurting us because we were spending so much money, but not able to talk to anybody and get things done. And we felt like that was very difficult to go through. It really was very difficult. Wow. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is the experience that everybody is having right now. So honestly, when you said that to me, it it actually puts me a little bit more at ease because I'm sitting over here thinking, are we the only ones going through this? Like, this is horrible. The, the, The feeling is horrible, but it actually puts me a little bit more at ease knowing that we were not the only ones going through this and experiencing this. But that's so sad to me that us brides and the grooms and everything, we have to go through this when we were thinking it was going to be so nice and relaxing and you're spending all this money. So everything should be done for you. And that's just, that's not the reality of what it was. Right. Well then do you have any tips or advice for future Disney couples? Yes, absolutely. I highly recommend doing the welcome party at animal kingdom. The people there were so great. The food was awesome. And they were so excited to have a bride and groom over there. So I definitely recommend doing a little welcome party over there at the Animal Kingdom. And even though we had issues with the dessert party, the dessert party was still really nice, too, with the fireworks and everything. I mean, you can't beat the show over there with the fireworks and the pictures and video you get from that. They're unreal. Especially at the Germany Promenade A&B. Yeah, that was um, Because really originally nice. when we looked at UK Lockside, we like scoped it out ahead of time and the viewing wasn't as great as we thought it'd be. So we, we lucked out getting switched over to Germany. Yes. Yeah. The view definitely is better over at Germany Promenade A and B as opposed to UK Lockside. Also, I highly recommend having the ceremony over at the wedding pavilion. Uh, but I will say, even though our reception was beautiful at the UK and it was romantic and really unique. Um, that is where most of the money went to is the reception, the welcome party. Not so much. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. The dessert party was not too bad. And the ceremony was not too bad. Most of your money goes towards the reception. So I highly recommend that, um, Disney brides and grooms maybe do a welcome party, a dessert party and the ceremony over at Disney, but save your reception for outside of Disney. Do that a little bit outside of Disney so you can save yourself some money and you're able to get floral and decor from other places outside of Disney that um, would be a little bit less and a little bit better for your budget. Got it. Well, Caitlin and Omar, I think you've offered a ton of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. course. No problem. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs> 